1: Track four games at once with multi view mode and catch up with in game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre and post game shows. Go to MLB.TV to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
0: America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius.
1: Welcome to this week's edition of Insane Things That Happened This Week. We'll start with the most insane video clip of the week, in which Ari Melber at MSNBC, who was in the process of freaking out over Elon Musk, restoring free speech for everybody on Twitter. And in the process of this clip, he gave away the game. This video clip reveals that corporate news hosts know exactly how Twitter has been used to censor dissent and boost establishment candidates for the Democrat Party.
0: If you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else, and the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election.
1: Understand what he's saying. He's not afraid Twitter will do this for the left. He's afraid Twitter might do this, what it's been doing, for us. Or that it might stop putting its thumb on the scale. For the left, they can't win unless it's fixed and rigged. And they know it. The second most insane thing this week is not just this disinformation commission, but who they pick to run it. Nina Jenkowitz. Representative Jim Jordan nailed what she's all about at a hearing on Thursday.
0: The person in charge of the Disinformation Governance Board is the same individual who told us the dossier was real and the Hunter lap, uh, laptop story was false. That's the person in charge. That is frightening. That is scary. But this is the left. They want to control the message. God bless Elon Musk and what he's doing. This is a way we can begin to fight back.
1: Here's the perpetually wrong disinformer, Jenkowitz who told NPR this week she thought Twitter did the best job of managing the information in the 2020 election. Yeah, when they censored actual information and disinformed their audience. She said she's horrified by the idea of free speech. I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms, what that would look like for the marginalized communities all around the world, which are already shouldering so so much of this abuse, disproportionate amounts of this abuse. I shudder to think what would happen if free speech absolutists took over. you mean like the founding fathers? You mean like normal Americans until now? We're all free speech absolutists. That's what the First Amendment guarantees. Virtually absolute free speech. But here's the part everyone's missing. While Nina Jenkowitz will be the face of this thing, the actual boss of the disinformation commission will be Alejandro Mayorkas, the one currently running the country's open borders and lying about it as recently as yesterday under oath in that committee hearing. Joe Concha on Fox News nailed the significance of that.
0: A government agency is creating a ministry of truth to combat what it deems misinformation, and it's going to fall under the leadership of DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, I, I mean, this is the guy currently presiding over the worst border crisis of our lifetime. But here's where the disinformation part comes in. He blames the Trump administration for it. At last check, that's a lie. So, so what could possibly go wrong here if he's the guy in charge of this? We've seen what he's done when he's been in charge of other things. And, and Nina Jankovic, not just what she said about Hunter Biden's laptop being Russian disinformation and she's never apologized for it, but she's also praised Christopher Steele, he of the discredited and laughable Steele dossier, which was complete and total dis- disinformation that tried to impact a presidential election. I mean, y- you could go on and on with the person that's in charge of this. And now she also thinks that Elon, and it's not Elon Musk, it's only one word, remember, uh, one person, uh, Elon now owns Twitter. She says that's scary. But you get my point. Mayorkas and Jankovic are the two to the last people who should be leading up any ministry of truth. A- and the U.S. government shouldn't even be considering creating something like this, run by partisans with political agendas in the first place because this will be weaponized just like everything else, Carly. Todd.
1: As Concha points out, the idea of the Biden administration... Deciding what the truth is, is equally absurd.
0: The Biden administration says it wants to battle misinformation. The best place may be by starting uh, to, to, to think about purchasing a large mirror. Because when you blame Putin's invasion of Russia on inflation uh, that's been rising for well over a year, that's disinformation. When you blame Trump for the current state of the U.S. Uh, border, that's disinformation. When you say democracy is in peril if voting rights aren't federalized, uh, maybe you shouldn't be the arbiters of truth uh, at, at this point, guys.
1: Now listen to what happened when Representative Jim Jordan gave Mayorkas the opportunity to condemn already disproven misinformation at the hearing.
0: When the head of the CDC, Ms. Walensky, said that the vaccinated can't get the virus, did that undermine trust in government? Dr. Fauci, when he said the virus didn't come from a lab, did that undermine trust in government? How about when 51 former intel officials told us that... The Hunter Biden story was had all the earmarks of Russian misinformation. Will that be something that this governance board that you just formed, will you be looking into that? Uh, uh, Congressman, um, the disinformation board uh, addresses uh, disinformation that imperils the safety um, uh, and security uh, of our homeland.
1: Oh, so Democrat disinformation that got people killed is totally cool. It's got to be a national security concern. Well, isn't people getting sick from COVID because the government lied about the efficacy of the shot? That was okay, (laughs) apparently. What does this tell you? Mayorkas is only going to go after disinformation. That hurts the Democrat Party. Speaking of hurting people, here's insane thing. Number three. Remember when we learned that the government had interdicted 42 terrorists at the border? If you're like me, the first thing you wondered is, where are they now? Always a good question to ask when Democrats are running the government. Now, keep in mind as you hear this next insane clip that the one reason for the Department of Homeland Security, which Mayorkas heads to even exist, why it was created was to secure the the homeland from what? Terror after 9-11. It has no other real function or purpose. So what did happen to those terrorists we caught on the border? Secretary Mayorkas.
0: Secretary, have any of the 42 illegal migrants on the terrorist watch list or no-fly list encountered on our southwest border been released into the United States? As I mentioned before, I will provide that data to you, with respect to the disposition of each one, I do not know the answer to your question. The Secretary Homeland of Homeland Security does not know the answer to the status of 42 individuals who came to our southern border illegally are on the no-fly list and, then, uh, and, the, no, uh, and the terrorist watch list. You do not, do not know whether they have been released or not into the country. Uh, that's your testimony. As I've said before, I will provide you the data. I Yo, do back not Back to the general, to... that's amazing.
1: Let me translate. We're about to find out they released some or all of them. Into the country. Why not? They'll be good Democrat voters. And once we get chain migration going on them, which usually brings an average of three more people to the country for each illegal, well, all their friends and family members will be voting Democrat too. Win-win. Or so the Democrats believe, which is why the flow continues. Which brings us to insane thing number four. The financial reports that just came out, not just for us, but for Russia and China. We're down a negative 1.4%. The economy is contracting. Actually, I'd go far so far as to say it's actually collapsing. When you understand that we were at almost 7% growth just a year ago at this time, when the World Bank gave us a kind of scary warning, I made a big deal about it on my show, that growth was about to be cut in half like a buzzsaw. And then over the next five to six weeks, It was. And um, by the end of the summer, we were down about 3% growth. Then that got cut in half again. There was a weird rejiggering in December because they faked the numbers by moving some stuff around. Um, So I I throw those out. Um, But anyway, that that one... And then in the Federal Reserve regional reports, it was around zero by the end of January. So for the financial political class to say they're shocked by this, it's actually shocking. I've been telling my audience that we were in negative growth since the beginning of February because it wasn't that hard to know. You could just go to Breitbart.com and read the Federal Reserve regional reports. So there's something fundamentally dishonest in their fake shock today over this negative 1.4 number. But the fourth most shocking thing here is that Russia and China are doing just smashingly. China grew at 4.8%, and Russia, it grew too. Wait a minute. Isn't Russia supposed to be shrinking? Isn't a Russian economy supposed to be shrinking? Yeah. But instead, they're going gangbusters. Folks, since this is from Bloomberg and the Financial Times... Listen to this. Since we put the sanctions on Russia, on Russia, where we said, no, no, we will not buy their oil. And our politicians, Democrat and Republican alike, admit it. Look, this is going to jack up the, pro- the cost of gasoline. It's going to jack up the cost of oil, gasoline, diesel and food, too. But, you know, by gosh, we got to stand with the Ukrainian people it would be so wrong not to. So, you know, we're going to take it on the chin, even though we're already suffering. Well, we took it on the chin from the sanctions. Russia? doubled their oil revenues, doubled their fossil fuel revenues. Let that sink it. Russia doubled their fossil fuel revenues since sanctions. How did that happen? Real brief economics on this is that when we pulled the Russian oil off the market, and remember we pulled the 2 million barrels per day off the market from us, we used to be at about 13 a million barrels per day. Now we're at about 11, and that was done by the Biden uh, 170 regulations that he put on the drilling. That's why they're not on the market. Um, that jacked up the price of crude. Well, yes, Putin can't sell um, very well, hardly at all, actually, on the open market right now, but that didn't matter because he had plenty of customers lined up, India and China. And so they lined up to buy the oil because they could get it at a slightly discounted price off the world market. Well, what that meant was, As we pulled the Russian oil off the market and our oil off the market, we jacked artificially the price of oil up on the world market. So even at slightly reduced prices, Putin (laughs) is making more money due to the sanctions, not less. So the only people who actually got sanctioned, that'd be you, me and anybody goes to a gas pump in America. Who's making out like a bayonet? Oh, that nice Chinese family and that nice Indian family. And those Russian families are doing just fine, too. Folks... Keep in mind, these jacked up fuel prices, artificially jacked up, are part of what's driving food inflation, fuel inflation, overall inflation, because you need uh, diesel to move all of those things. So we are suffering to help the Ukraine people. And we're not only not helping, we're hurting them. Now, here's the test. Watch this, because this will be the tell. I think they're just using Putin as a scapegoat so they can kneecap you. Because remember, Barack Obama, energy prices must necessarily skyrocket, right? So watch this. Now that we know that Russia is now making two times for fossil fuel sales revenues, what it was before the sanctions, if we really cared, if our leaders really cared about the Ukrainian people, I'd argue they don't, they would immediately yank the sanctions. We start buying Russian oil again, and we'd put our oil in the market. But watch, we won't. Why? Because they need this war to keep going. And for that to happen, they need to make sure Russia has a ton of revenue. Plus, remember the golden cardinal rule with Joe Biden. The people who pay Hunter and those who paid Hunter the most were the Chinese and the Russians. Remember the $200 million real estate deal? Uh, from the America Russian oligarch, Botterina. Uh, please subscribe to the guy. Odyssey app people or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Jeffs. Share always with friends, mean, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks people. for listening. It happens every time. I can't prove it. It's just the way it always goes. So that's where we are right now. Meanwhile, it's unclear if Joe Biden, it's not clear at all that Joe Biden understands the economy is contracting. Folks, he is notoriously uninformed on even the most basic current events we've busted him on that on the podcast in my show many times now listen closely to this clip from yesterday biden seems to think the economy is still growing he even says at a 1.4 percent rate he seems to have somehow missed the negative in front of it folks this is bizarre i'm not concerned about a recession and i mean you're always concerned about a recession but the gdp you know fell to 1.4 percent I think we're,
0: what you're seeing is enormous growth in the country.
1: Enormous growth in the c- country? W- w- no, 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 no. That's not growth. That's, that's shrinkage. And it's bet this is why it's so shocking, it's been happening uh, since late last spring when, you know, we saw the GDP cut in half and then cut in half again. That's what's so astonishing. There was no plan. Like, it's like Bigfoot. We first learned about the Joe Biden inflationary plan in the State of the Union speech. He announced he had one. And I thought in the next paragraph, surely he'd tell us what it was. He hasn't. In fact, he's never published it. Nobody's ever seen it. It's like Bigfoot. People here tell of it, but they don't actually know what it looks like. You know why? They don't have a plan. Their only plan has been to insist that nothing that's happening economically, that shrinkage so alarming the world Bank gave us a warning in the summer about it, and we ignored it. I think their only plan is just to pretend it's not happening, then act shocked like it does, and try to act like, well, this is just a one-off. How do we know this shrinkage will get worse? Easy, because the printing press is still running hot at all-time highs or near all-time highs. Inflation will never stop. As long as that's going, we might see some lowered numbers uh, because we did cool it down a little bit in March for about a week in March. Uh, we really d- dramatically slowed the printing. I think they did that to artificially um, fix the March numbers. But since then, we've printed and printed and printed. So and we also know 10.3 percent inflation is already in the supply line. That's the wholesale number. So it's only get worse from here on out. And here's why the economic numbers are bad. It's not hard to understand. All these experts are saying, well, we're shocked. It's not shocking. makes perfect sense it's because we continue to print money that degrades the dollar and so people are still you know spending the same or a little more than they did before but it buys less so they're buying fewer goods that means people are selling less goods and you get the contraction in the economy it could never go anyway but negative or down until we do one thing we have got to take those 170 regulations off of our energy Why? Because energy is the number one GDP growth category for the U.S. economy. During the Trump administration, it was number one every single quarter. And usually between 28 and 33 percent of the economic growth for the quarter is in the mining category. So that's mining for oil, natural gas, minerals and some coal. So that category is the one the Democrats are attacking like their life depends on it because they want to crush growth. So that is why you're seeing the numbers you are. The only way out of this is to stop the printing press, pray it's enough, and throw open the drilling again. That will bring down the prices of the energy that are being artificially inflated with the sanctions against Russia um, and the holding back of our drilling capacity, um, and it will help protect the dollar, so you're not going to get that soaring inflation and let us stabilize. Until we do those things, quite frankly, we're in trouble. And it's going to be fascinating to see how long the Democrats let this go, how bad they let it get. Because, believe me, they know it's coming.